You're listening to the Poema Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you to see God in a real way. For more information about Poema Church, visit poemachurch.ca. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you guys. Um, That was such an awesome worship set. Thank you, guys. I literally feel like I could run 5K or something right now. (laughs) I won't because it's my day off of that. (laughs) Anyways, um, we're in week eight of our series, Great Expectations. And I said to Matt last night, I'm like, man, it just doesn't feel like it's been eight weeks. It's like you can tell God's really speaking to us because it feels like we just started. But this is week eight. And I'm going to be talking to you today about eager expectations. And um, immediately, what's the first thing you think of? Our eagerness towards God. Am I right? (laughs) Wrongo. That's not what I'm talking about today. We've spent a lot of time. We've spent seven weeks in this series talking about what we expect from him. But there's another set of expectations laid out in the scriptures that really has nothing to do with anything he does, but has everything to do with us. And we get expectations on us when we think of our job or um, parenting or being a good citizen, there's expectations put on us to pay our bills, to follow the law, to um, remember our kids' birthdays. There's all kinds of expectations that are put on us, but that is literally nothing to do with what I'm talking about today. I'm not talking about God expects you to do A, B, C, and D. There are things that we are expected to do if we call ourselves believers, but literally I'm not talking about that today. Today, I have good news. Yeah. (laughs) I have good news. This just in, okay? What I'm about to talk about should change everything for you. And I'm not, if you know me, I am not a hype man, okay? I am the opposite of that. I've had to work really hard at coming up to a normal level because my normal is so casual that people think like I'm half asleep or something. I don't know. This is really good news and it changes everything, okay? The expectations awaiting us are not what we think they are. I talked a few weeks ago about how we... we are expected to put in work, and then we can expect results. Okay, compared it in a physical example, we put in work, we put in the work of our relationship with God, we can expect to see changes from that. But scripture tells us that we aren't the only ones eagerly expecting something. We've spent seven weeks talking about us And our counterfeit expectations, which if you missed last Sunday, you got to listen to that message. It was needed and um, 
We've talked about, you know, less than expectations. We've talked about so many things, but we aren't the ones who the Bible says are eagerly expecting something. We generally tend to think that we're here on earth just doing our thing and hopefully in some small way we make a difference. How many of us would subscribe to that thinking? We think we're here, we have our family, we live in our town, we live in our house, and hopefully at some point in our lives we make some sort of small difference on the earth. Some of us are so wrapped up in our pain and our failure and uh, what we're going through that we actually can't imagine making a difference because we're just trying to get through our own stuff. But today, I want to talk about the actual reality because none of that is the actual reality. And I can't believe, you know, the stars have aligned that we sang those songs and then Pastor Josh came up and talked about our foundation. And the foundation of Jesus is never, it never breaks. It never cracks. Okay, there's scripture that says it doesn't matter neither height nor depth, heaven or hell, angels or demons, nothing separates us from the love of God. That is a pretty firm foundation. Okay, so if we don't understand that, nothing else matters. Because we're just building our foundation on, like Pastor Josh said, our jobs, our careers, our failures, our lack of career, our lack of whatever we feel like we're in. But that is not the reality that we're living in. So what am I talking about? We're going to go to Romans 8. We're going to start at verse 14. And this says who we actually are. This is God's reality. Okay, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance, period. If you walk around, I'm rejected, no one wants me, no one loves me, it's a lie. It's just a lie. Scripture says you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children... We qualify to share all of his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. 
And I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. Now pay attention to this next part. If you were tuning me out for the first half, tune in. I know everybody has ADD these days. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. Amen. Amen. Please consider the reality of what you just read for one minute. And please consider how off you are. I could not read that and look at myself and go, wow, I live like I believe that. No, I don't. Certainly don't. You know how I walk around? People are just tolerating me. I'm not going to talk about Christ. People are just tolerating me. They're patronizing me. They don't actually want to hear what I have to say. My life doesn't matter. What I say doesn't matter. That's the reality that you live in, I can tell you right now. Because look at all these empty seats in this room. And it's not because you're not doing enough. It's because you're believing the wrong thing. You live your life wanting a daddy when he's sitting in heaven going, hey, I adopted you as my own son, as my own daughter. Get out of the pit of self-pity and start acting like a child of God. I got to tell you, if we don't settle the first part of this section of scripture, the second part doesn't matter. If we don't understand that we are children of God, we are the sons and daughters that the cosmic universe and everything in it is waiting to see revealed. That's doctrine. That's a key, key doctrine that we've either forgotten about or haven't wanted to admit, or maybe we had no idea that that was even in Scripture. See, the enemy, people think the enemy is in Harry Potter and in witches and in this and in that. No. The enemy is the one telling you you're going to make a small difference. If I could just bring joy to one person a year, that'd be good enough. That's the enemy. Gets you to do the bare minimum. Gets you to think and see yourself as a blip. <laughs> I'm just a blip. I'm just a bunch of atoms that plopped on the earth for the purpose of procreation, and I'm dying and returning to dust. 
if he can get you to whittle yourself down to anything less than a co-heir with Christ, have you ever, you know what I've been watching? The Crown, season three of The Crown. Okay, it's very interesting. This is what I want to tell you. Do you understand the benefits of being in a royal family? There's an episode where the Prince of Wales, spoiler alert, everyone knows that Charles is the Prince of Wales. Okay, I'm not giving anything away on the show. It's like reality. There comes a moment where he gets given the title of being the Prince of Wales. He's never been there. He's never met a Welsh person and he doesn't speak Welsh. But because he is the son of the queen, he gets given a title that he didn't have to earn, that he, in all reality, isn't really going to live out. It's just a byproduct of who he's related to. Do you and I realize that we have been awarded the byproduct of being children of God? We have been awarded salvation we have been awarded the Holy Spirit. And along with that Holy Spirit, we have been awarded the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. All of those things have been awarded to us. What else has been awarded to us is the ability to reveal God's glory, which is a fancy way of saying the ability to reveal who God really is to the world around us. Now, I want to look at this. This was so interesting in this scripture where it says, but now with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom. This word, eager expectation, is one word in the Greek. And listen to what it means. It means literally a straining forward with an outstretched head, just as we might imagine the crowds outside a race course straining over the ropes to catch a sight of the runners with an eager intent expectation. Literally, a What this is describing here is not just a scripture verse, okay? This is a stance. This is a position. This is the state of the cosmic universe, okay? It is not your and my job to walk around the universe convincing people that God's not a bad guy. If that's our job, the stance of the universe should say, and the world sits thinking about how, what a bad guy God is, and it's your job to go around and tell them that's not the truth. Scripture says that the universe, the ocean, to the baby, to the frog, to the sky, everything in the universe is like waiting For you. <laughs> he doesn't say he's coming to reveal himself. Not yet. He's coming at the end. Thank you, God. We will be transformed into our heavenly bodies. But what about the thousands of years since this was written 
that he's not here. He says the universe is eagerly expecting to see what they've been waiting for through you and me. As if we're, picture us, we're a bunch of greyhounds and we're running on the, on the racetrack of life and the whole universe is on edge to see who makes it. This is a stance, okay? There's a, there's a quote that says, that Hillsong has said a lot, the church is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. This is a profound reality. Do we understand the position of the world is looking at us? And we've spent the majority of our life as the church of Jesus Christ looking out at them as if they have something for us, as if they have something that we don't have. This is the ultimate way that the enemy has kept the church of Jesus Christ ineffective. Now, that's not saying people haven't been saved, and yes, they have, and blah, 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 but not to the capacity that Scripture lays out that it's supposed to be, because we're all walking around like we're a bunch of pieces of garbage, and like we have nothing good to offer, And scripture says that the cosmos is looking at the sons and daughters of God going, are we going to see him? Could it be? Could this be what we've been looking for? Could this be what we've been waiting for? If we actually got this, it would change everything. Scripture says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything in this world, even the worst possible human, belongs to God. You and, my, you and I do not have the job of convincing bad people not to be bad, of convincing this whole, these people are Satan's. No. Everything on earth is the Lord's. Everything in it. Everything. Everything in it, at the core of what it is, including creation, including trees, including animals, including fish, including all humanity at the core of who it is, its position before God is a longing to be free from the slavery of sin and death and destruction. How many times have we looked at people and gone, oh, they don't want to change. They don't want God. They, ooh, they're, they're not going to like this. There's a freaking atheist sitting in the front row. She takes our offering. <laughs> Imagine if somebody would have looked at her and said, oh, she, she's an atheist. No, somebody saw through her facade and saw the core of her humanity as longing to be free. Somebody sliced through the facade of your life and that is why you're here. And there are billions of people 
waiting, eagerly expecting, with their literal necks outstretched, hoping that you've got an answer for them. This literally changes everything. And if you've been in this church for any amount of time, you've got the uh, nerdo syndrome. Nobody likes me. Nobody wants to hear about my church. Nobody wants to, so I'm just going to shut up and live my life. That was a plant. That was a seed from the enemy. Because the actual reality is that everybody wants to hear the news that you have. Everybody wants to hear the good news. It's not our job how they respond to it. It's not our job. But when you go out into your workplace, what are you thinking? Man, everybody in this place wants what I have. I'll give you 10 bucks if you thought that this week. Man, I go into the gym. Everybody in this place, in the core of who they are, wants what I have. And I'm here to bring it to them. This changes everything. You want confidence to speak to people? You need a foundation. You need a revelation that you've got something that literally the universe wants. Do you ever look at people like Hillsong and how brash and confident and excited and proud they are of what they represent? It's not because they're cool. It's because they obviously have a revelation of this. They live as if what they have, everybody else wants. Nobody can resist that. What is resistible is a bunch of people who are insecure with their foundation of who they are and they're insecure about the stance of the world around them and its perspective towards God. Half the time, we don't live like any of the first half of Romans 8 is true. So why would creation respond to us as if we did? They won't. We don't live as children of God. We don't live in the confidence that we are co-heirs with Christ. So our world doesn't respond to us in the way that scripture says. So we need a mindset change. We need a flip today. We need literally a rewriting of our doctrine in this area, of our understanding of the relationship between the universe and God in heaven. The universe is not opposed to God. The universe belongs to God. Humanity is not opposed to God. Humanity belongs to God. Okay, so let's talk about this. Practically, everywhere we go, we have an opportunity then to reveal who God is. Everywhere we go. If we lived our life like every moment mattered, like everything we let come out of our mouth mattered, like every attitude that we had mattered, it's like, I'll go back to the crown. 
everywhere they go, they're representing the royal family. They're not allowed to just (laughs) say whatever they want. They're not allowed to just do whatever they want. You and I, we go to work. (laughs) We're the worst people there sometimes. We have the worst attitude. We're defeated. We go to the gym and we're the whiners. Why? Because we don't understand that every moment matters. Every moment is an opportunity to represent the royal family of heaven that you and I are a part of. And yes, it's a tall order. And you know what? There's grace and there's mercy, but there's also you and I having a clue that that's the truth and caring. Man, I care. I hold myself to a higher standard. I put it on myself for God's glory that I would not ever live your life in scripture above reproach so that no one can accuse you. That's a scripture. We take grace and we abuse it and we abuse it and we do and say whatever we want and say, well, I'm not perfect. People aren't gonna follow perfect people. No, that's not true. People will think you're a jerk. People will think you're lazy. People will think that you mismanage finances. People will think and see you for what you are. What would happen if we actually took seriously that we were children of God and we were representing him to the world around us? We would watch what we say. We would watch how we acted. We might carry ourselves with a little bit more grace and humility. I'm going to end with this. There's a story in Mark 4. And uh, it says this, later that day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. After they had sent the crowd away, they shoved off from shore with him as he had been teaching from the boat. And there were other boats that sailed with them. Has anyone ever noticed that detail? When, When Jesus said, all right, let's cross to the other side, There was like a fleet of boats with them. And Jesus and his disciples were at the front leading a charge across the lake. Okay? Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. Because Jesus knows what his foundation is. Jesus knows who he belongs to. This is really a metaphor for our lives, okay? So they shook him awake, saying, teacher, don't you even care that we are all about to die? This is like nice language. They were screaming at him. I know none of us have ever done that. God, don't you even care what I'm going through? (laughs) fully awake 
He rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea, hush, calm down. And all at once the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and said to them, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust me yet? They were overwhelmed with fear and awe and said to one another, who is this man who has such authority that even the wind and the waves obey him? In this moment, when the storm arose, Jesus expected his disciples to trust him. Jesus expected them to rely on him. And instead, what happens is the storm comes, circumstances come that are beyond our control, they're beyond what we can explain, and we completely live and act as if we don't know him at all. And let me tell you this. As a child of God, God expects to be able to rely on you in the storm. There's a point of spiritual maturity where we grow past the panicking disciples screaming at God, praying kindergarten prayers that we shouldn't be praying because we know who our God is. He expects us leading the fleet of people freaking out behind us to stand up as his co-heirs, as his representatives, and be the ones that he can rely on in the storm. Our actions should demonstrate that we are children of God in the good and the bad and the ugly. Because the world is eagerly waiting and watching to see you and I reveal who he is. And many of us are stuck in Mark 4. We're stuck in grade 2 of our walk with Christ. Where as soon as something happens that can't be explained, we forget who we are. And we start looking like to all the other boats that are around us, we're going down with you. When the reality is, you've got the Savior sleeping in your boat. You've got the good news in your heart, in your life. You've got the thing that all the other boats need. And when you act like you don't, you aren't doing what's expected of you. The expectation on your and my life, the eager expectation is not to be perfect. It's not to be spiritual. It's not to memorize scripture. It's not to live a quiet life and not ruffle any feathers either. The expectation on your and my life is that we will reveal who God really is, how he really thinks, how he really sees humanity. That we will be in whatever storms are going on, we will be the ship at the front of the fleet 
that's standing up and going, I know who my God is. He wouldn't have led us to this place if he didn't plan on rescuing us, if he didn't plan on revealing himself, if he didn't plan on showing up. He expects us to receive our position, to receive the spirit of full acceptance as children of God. So let me close with this thought here. Close your eyes. Let's close our eyes together. Picture your life, your everyday life. What if you saw everything and everyone around you, not for what was happening on the outside, but what if you could see what God could see? On the outside, you might see people who are rude, who are harsh, who are mean, who hate God, who hate church, who are fake, who are not friendly, who don't like you. But what if you saw all of these same people? What if you saw creation the way that he does? On edge, waiting, longing, in eager expectation to finally know him, to finally see him, to finally meet him, to finally find what they have and will be looking for for the rest of their lives. What if you walked into your everyday life believing and knowing that someone here is waiting for me? They've got their necks outstretched. They're literally standing on tiptoe, hoping to find the answers that I have. God, right now we offer our every day to you. Our actions, our thoughts, and our attitudes as worship to you, God for your glory. God, we don't want to live a slave to the very thing that you've freed us from. We don't want to live as if our old, desi- our old desires and our sin and our destruction doesn't matter. And right now, we align with your Holy Spirit. We receive the work of your Holy Spirit. We receive the spirit of full acceptance. We receive that we are a child of God. That everything that you have is ours. That we get to share, not just in your suffering, but in your glory as well. God, it is our desire to become more and more like Jesus. God, help us to see ourselves on that boat, leading the fleet of the world that you have put us in, the people, the jobs, the schools, the circumstances you have put us in. Help us to see ourselves as your ambassadors, to see ourselves as the ones who you can rely on 
to be steady in the storm, who you can rely on to represent who you are to the world around us. We ask all of this in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you to see God in a real way. For more information about Poema Church, visit poemachurch.ca.